Praise the Lord, church. It is good to be with you all this morning. I hope you're all staying healthy. Um, it feels good to be in the presence of God. Before we get into the word today, though, let, let's let's go before the Lord one more time. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity, my God. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to speak to my church family. Thank you, Lord, for keeping us healthy, Jesus. I pray, Lord, you would speak to us today, Jesus. Please pour your spirit out upon us today. We give you all the glory and the honor and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. So for a few minutes today, I would like to bring you a message titled, He Knows My Name. He Knows My Name. So we were all given names when we were born. And with that, that name your parents have given you, you also inherit a last name or surname. So my name, my, my parents gave me the name Michaela, but I inherited the last name Zilke, which means you are a part of a specific family. But some of some people are not exactly happy with the names that they were given. And they'll, they'll try to change their names or use abbreviated versions of it. Like for example, I, I like my name, but I go by nicknames. So my name is Michaela, but I go by Mickey. I go by, my, my, some of my best friends call me McCullough. So it's all in that name. But nevertheless, everyone likes to be known by their name. Everyone likes to know that someone knows their name and knows them. And it shows, shows a relationship. It shows intimacy. It shows friendship. It shows all of that. And it shows that the person has actually taken the time and taken and put some effort in getting to know you. And it, it shows that, it, it, that the person has actually taken that time. And I mean, how awful can it feel when someone, like someone who you've met, multiple times still doesn't remember your name i mean that's just that horrible like sinking feeling i hate that feeling hate it but these days we may not be known by our names i mean if you're big on social media and you may be known by our, our by our social media handle or so the government we are just an id number like a social security number we have to have that number memorized we have to have all of that I and mean, when you apply for a job you have to have that id number when you file your taxes you need that number i mean in a way we become numbers to people especially maybe to like those who do taxes and like file all of that we, we are a number um and it's just not it's not the way to everybody it's the way to some people we're just another number but it's incredibly impersonable it's, and it just reflects an unwillingness to know you as a person. It's unwilling to even know your name. And even if they know your name, are they willing to actually spend time with you to get to know you better is the question. And no, probably not. Not when they're just filing your taxes. <laughs> but even if they know your name, it doesn't mean that there is an actual relationship there. It doesn't mean that you guys are on a friendly basis. For example, if I went to the bank and I want to apply for a loan, they would know me as Miss Michaela Zilke. That's who I am. Not Mickey, or as my friends call me McCullough, they would know me as Michaela Zilke. It's very, very formal. But they just want to know my social security number and sign me up for a loan with a high interest rate and just a good time for everyone around. And my application, it isn't really merited, by what type of a person I am. It's merited 
by numbers. It's merited by what I earn, what I put on my taxes, what my credit score is. It's, it's all merited by these numbers. I know that it's impractical to think that we can have personal relationships with everyone because that's not how it works. We cannot have a personal relationship with every single person we meet. It's, it doesn't, it just doesn't work like that. We can't be friends with everyone. It's impossible. You can be friendly, but they're probably gonna forget you in a week. And it's just, it's when it, when it comes to identifying us in our jobs and in purchasing anything like a car or a house, we are identified, we are identified by a number. But with Jesus, it's a completely different story. Completely different story. To Jesus, we are anything but a number. We are anything but Jesus. We are not just another number or name. Jesus knows our name and he knows us. We know, he knows our innermost being. When we are rejected, God will call our names. He will make a world of difference because he knows my name. He knows my name. If you could turn with me to Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 1. It says, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up, uh, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to them, him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So Jesus was passing through Jericho. A man named Zacchaeus was there. He lived there. He was rolling in the dough. He was the director of all the tax collectors. He was rich. And he also was someone who was small in stature. What a weird thing to mention. But he wanted to see Jesus. He, but he couldn't because of the crowd. But he wanted to see Jesus. So Zacchaeus ran ahead and he climbed a fig tree or a sycamore tree because he just wanted to see him so bad. He wanted to see Jesus so bad. And he knew that he would be coming that direction and pass by the tree. And when Jesus came to the tree, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down. I must come stay at your house. So he came down from the tree and he welcomed Jesus into his home. And when people saw that what had happened, they were, they were not happy about it. They were very upset about it. I mean, I can just imagine the whispers now. Ooh, he went to his house? No way, does he know who he is? 
Does he know that he is a sinner? Does he know? Does he know all of this? He went to be the guest of a sinner. And that's just mind-blowing to the people in the city. But later that night, Zach, I'm, I'm going to call him Zach because it's going to get really tiring to call him Zachies the whole time. But Zach, that he stood up that night after they had eaten. He proclaimed that he would give half of his property to the poor. And he would pay four times as much as he owes to those who he had cheated in any way. But Jesus says, you and your family have been saved today. You've shown that you too are one of Abraham's descendants. So let's just do a quick bio of Zach. Who is Zacchaeus? Who is this, who is this man? This is what I imagine like his Instagram bio would be. Um, well, first of all, his name was Zacchaeus, Jewish name. Uh, it means pure one. Very interesting. He was the director of all of the tax collectors. He was the chief among the publicans. He was a principal tax gatherer. And this part probably wouldn't have been in his bio, but the local Jews probably disliked him because he worked for Rome. The tax collectors were Roman because the people were overtaxed because of it. I mean, that's how the tax collectors made their money. They overcharged. They overcharged on their taxes. They didn't receive a salary, so, but they, I'm sorry, but they received a percentage of the tax they collected or Rome would give them an amount to collect and anything more was theirs. So because of that, they overtaxed, obviously. They overtaxed the people to make sure that they padded their wallets, they lined it with gold, their houses were grand, they had the finest clothing, all of that. And they had the Roman government as a backup. And so if someone decided to not pay their taxes, or they decided to assault the tax collector, the, some Roman soldier, soldiers would be coming after you. And they were not nice. They were very not nice to say the least. <laughs> but Zach was different. He was the director. He was not just a tax collector. He was the director. He was the head honcho. He was the one that people looked to, like the other tax collectors looked to for direction. And that means he had other collectors working for him, working underneath him. So he probably received a percentage of their income as well. So Zach was powerful, like really powerful. And he was very rich. Again, he lined his pockets. <laughs> but Luke tells us something else about this something that might have seemed more insignificant but in the end is actually very important to think about and to think through but zach was short it says that he was short in stature and again that might be something insignificant but luke who was a doctor highlighted it for a specific reason so why is it relevant why is it something to even mention in, in luke why is it important but here it is zach wanted to see who jesus was Zach wanted to see him. He couldn't see him because of the crowd and because of his size. And my guess, because you know, Zach was hated by the Jewish people because he was a tax collector. So my guess is that they blocked him on purpose because of who he was. They probably closed gaps, moved closer together to prevent him from coming to the front. 
they hated Zach that much. So because of these people, he had to climb a tree so that he could see better. He could, so the only reason is just to get a glimpse of Jesus. He was a Jew and he knew, he knew about the prophecies. He probably heard that Jesus was, you know, the prophesied Messiah. He probably knew all of that. He probably knew that this man was the savior, the man who performed miracles, the man who, who he healed the sick, he, all of this. He wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see Jesus, but nobody wanted to give him that opportunity because of who he was. After all, he was the director of the tax collectors. He only wanted to cheat, take their money, line his pockets, but all of, of all the things to do, he climbed a tree. He climbed a, a, a tree and Jesus called to him at the top of that tree. And Zach, Zach was so excited. He was so excited to have Jesus in his home. So excited to welcome the promised Messiah into his home. And what did the crowd do? They whispered. They whispered. They said, who is Jesus that he should eat with the sinners? Who is Zach that he should get to eat with this miracle worker who, are, who is to be our savior? Who is Zach? Who is Jesus? And since these tax collectors were seen as dishonest and, and sinners, they, they were probably not allowed in the synagogue, in the temple. So Zach probably hadn't been to church in a long time. He was excluded from all of the ceremonies in the temple and the synagogue, and they, he couldn't serve as a witness, anything. He was completely rejected by these people. Completely rejected. But Jesus shows that he knows where we are. He knows, even if we hide, he knows where we are. There is no room that we could go to that God could not see us, could not find us. There is nowhere that we could go. And he knew exactly where Zach was. Zach might have been hiding in a tree when Jesus and the crowd came by, but Zach was a man of importance. He was the head tax collector. He was a man of importance, rich with power, and it wouldn't have been appropriate for him as an adult and a prominent man to climb a tree in the first place. He probably opened himself up for even more ridicule because of his stand because of his standing and his action of climbing that tree. But the, the greatest thing, the greatest thing is that he probably would have gotten just a glimpse, the tiniest of glimpses of Jesus from that vantage point in the tree and he was happy he was happy with just that small glimpse of his Savior but Jesus Jesus did the unexpected Jesus stood still under the tree and he called for him he called for him by name oh he called for him by name this man, he knew exactly where Zach was. He knew exactly where he was up in that tree. He knew. Maybe the crowd missed him, but Jesus didn't. Jesus saw him. Jesus chose to stand still to see him and that tree. 
and to call him down by name. He didn't just say, hey you, get down from that tree, we're coming to your house. No, he said, Zacchaeus, come down. Whoa. Jesus knew his job. Jesus knew his situation. He knew how people would react to this. He knew it. Jesus knew it all and knew the pain that he had to endure. By being a tax collector and being short in sight, there was a, I'm sorry, short in height, <laughs> there was a good chance that Zach was mocked for his height. I mean, it's, it wasn't that important to mention to Luke, and this is very probable. But he was probably mocked for his size and how he's an important man despite his size, he has power. There was nothing that Zach could do to fill that void of humiliation that he probably had to go through as a child, but Jesus could. Jesus could fill that void. And it made all the difference. It made all the difference when Jesus called him by his name. So maybe today you're the one hiding in a tree. Maybe you are struggling with certain things. Maybe you are living a sinful life you, and you cannot even comprehend that Jesus would even look at you. Maybe you think that God couldn't forgive you after all that you've done. Maybe you didn't live a life worthy of his calling. And I, and I think you all know where this is going today. But he is calling your name today. He is calling your name today. Jesus is standing in this place and he is calling your name. You might have low self-worth. You might blame God for your problems. Maybe you feel like he's abandoned you. He hasn't. He never has. He never will. And he sees what you are going through. He sees it all. He sees your pain and he cries with you. This morning he is calling out your name. He is calling out your name. So get out of the tree. Come down. He wants to fellowship with you today. He's asking to come to your house, to be in your home. Don't be satisfied with just a glimpse. Never be satisfied with just a glimpse of Jesus. He wants so much more for us than just a glimpse of who he is. He wants so much more. Jesus knows who we really are. I mean, can you imagine someone that you just admire, you adore them, and someone that you look up to stopping and saying, hey, let me come to your house. Let me come see you. Jesus knew where he was. Jesus knew, and more importantly, he knew who he was. John 15, 16, um, A, the first part of that verse says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. He called us first. He called us first. All we have to do is adhere to that call. Zach was carrying a heavy load and all, all it took was him listening to the call and listening and oh, the most important person ever in the entire universe, in this entire cosmos, in the entirety of history knows 
your name. He knows your name. The King of Kings knows your name. Jesus saw the potential in all of us. We have purpose. Zach's name meant pure and righteous, but the people didn't see him that way at all. He was the farthest thing from that. But Jesus saw the real Zach. He knew who he, who he was supposed to be. Jesus sees us as we are, and he sees us as who we are supposed to be. He sees the real us, the real you and the real me. He sees us as our real names, loved. He sees us. Romans 8, 28 through 30 says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. You are already called. You are already predestined. So the question is this. Are you going to take your calling with both hands? Are you going to do that? Zach did. For the first time, someone probably came to Zach's house to sit, to eat with him, to, and saw him for the real him. Someone sat and ate with him, not because of what he had, not because of his power or his money or his status, but because of who he was. And he pledged to make it right. He pledged to make his life right. God knows the real you. He knows the person that you are supposed to be. He knows the person that you will be. You have a purpose to fill and he has plans for you. Jeremiah 29 11 says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Do you want a future filled with hope? Then listen to the call because he is calling your name. So get out of the tree. Don't settle for just a glimpse of Jesus because he knows where it hurts. He knows what you are going through. He calls you despite it all. He justified you despite it all. Let him reveal his purpose to you today. Oh, Jesus, God did not create you just to create you just for fun. He created you for a purpose. He created you for a reason. God wants to show you that purpose today because he's calling your name he wants to show you joy today won't you listen to that call this morning won't you listen to that call 
Oh, for just a few minutes, why don't we just raise our hands? Why don't we call upon his name? Why don't we call upon Jesus? Because he is calling for us. Oh my God, oh my God, Lord, we hear you today, Jesus. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, Lord, as we come before you with open harm, arms and open hearts, Jesus. Oh, we don't want to hide in the tree anymore, Jesus. We don't want to settle with just a glimpse of who you are. We don't want to settle and hide from your plan, Jesus. We don't want to hide from your way. Oh, my God, my God, my God, my God. Jesus, Jesus, Lord, we hear your call today. We hear the call that you're reaching out to us today, Jesus. And Lord, it is such a relief to me to know that you know my name. That I am not just something random in history, Lord, but you know my name and you know the problems that we face. You know the situations that we go through. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh my God, oh my God, Lord, despite our shortcomings, Lord, despite our mistakes, you know our names and you want to fellowship with us, my God. You are calling us to a deeper place in you, Jesus. Because Lord, we want to go deeper, Jesus. We want to go deeper, Jesus. We want to go deeper. You see, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh my God, we want to go deeper in your presence, Jesus. It doesn't matter what people say around us, Jesus. It doesn't matter if they whisper behind our backs, Lord. Jesus, you are calling us to a deeper place. Lord, help us to fall in love with you in such a deep way, my God such a deep way, Jesus, that we could never be satisfied with just a glimpse. Lord, I never want to be satisfied with just a glimpse of your presence. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, I want to have more of you, my God. Mm -hmm.